Welcome to the Broken Branches Family Lore Podcast. Today I have invited Amy in to come in and speak about her great-grandfather, Gottlieb Spieth from Germany. Welcome, Amy. I'm glad you're here tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell me the story about your great-grandfather. He sounds like a pretty remarkable man, actually. Yeah, I I wish I would have known him. Um, oh, I bet. Uh, I just, you know, heard stories from my mom and my uncle. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Do they remember him? Yeah. Yep. Okay, that's great. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. So Gottlieb um, was born in Germany, and um, he uh, was the oldest son in his family. In 1883, he um, traveled from the place where he lived. Um, as far as I can tell, it was a, a town called Ottmarsheim. Um, whether that's the town or the region, I'm not sure. Right. Um, but he traveled from there to Antwerp, Belgium. And Do you know how old he was? Um, it's a great question. Um, <laughs> Thanks. He, <laughs> I can tell you in, in just a second. Um, okay. Because, of course, my Ancestry app is, you know, usually is used pretty often um mm-hmm. uh but um let's see um just gonna look him up real quick okay um where's my hmm. um <clears throat> there he is he was born in 1861 so oh, okay so he was just barely 21 ish 22 22 yeah uh, so yeah so he um went on a, a ship called the Rhineland and um originally so my my uncle has his uh the original uh chest the wooden chest that he used and packed all his stuff in to travel. No kidding. Stenciled on it his name, Gottlieb Spieth, and then it says um, whatever, Germany, and then it says um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, United States of America. I mean, it's really cool cool, um, chest that he has. And um, so because it says that, I, when I started looking at um, family history stuff and genealogy things, I was looking at ship records for Philadelphia. A lot of people don't know that Philadelphia was a major port, um, as well as places like New Orleans. And as far as people coming to the East Coast, um, and uh, because his trunk said Philadelphia, we just thought, oh, he came to Philadelphia. And um, over the years, when I was looking at stuff, I could never find things. And I'm like, well, just, you know, they don't have records for everything, or they might not be digitized or whatever. But then... um, a couple of years ago, I decided on a day off from work to go to my uh, local library to the main branch. And because they had said uh, they have a, an Ancestry World account that you can access for free. I'm like, that's right. awesome. So I went and I yeah. used it. And I'm not sure if I just 
enlarge the search or if I thought, well, maybe I'll just check New York's, I don't know. And here it came up as him arriving in New York City. And because it was the same, it, I mean, it's an unusual name. I'm really thankful Very. I don't have a John Smith. I mean, it yeah. would, that would be so hard to try be, yes. track records. Um, but um, so his name's unusual and, and the age matched and the location. And I'm like, huh, well, this is interesting. I mean, it's a major breakthrough for me to find that out. And then as I um, interacted with other people on different Facebook pages um, for genealogy, like Pennsylvania or Philadelphia history, um, I asked about, um, you know, if somebody came to New York City, but the, the final destination was Philadelphia, what, how would that work? And there were some great people that helped me and they explained yeah. if they- Great community. Came, yeah. If they came to New York City, but their destination was south of there, that usually they wouldn't come through Ellis Island. That was part of it, too. I was looking at Ellis Island mm-hmm. and records, thinking that that was the only thing. But it but it right. wasn't. For a little while, there was um, they also had a place called Castle Garden. And um, so he didn't go through Ellis Island, but he came into New York City. And so okay. the people that were going to other ports south or, you know, to other destinations, they would have them go through Castle Garden and then they would um, take a steam ferry from there to Jersey City. And that's where they would get on a train to go to their final place. And there were people that like provided me like, oh, here's a map of how the trains ran in 1883. Oh, wow. And here's a here's what the Castle Gardens looked like. And here's a link to this. I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. So just all open. Yeah. And I'm like, that makes <laughs> so much sense. Cause I'm like, yeah. So it was really cool to connect um, the dots and um, understand and finally learn like not all immigrants that came to New York city went, went through Ellis Island and Right. Castle Garden, I think it was only operational for maybe like 10 years or so, like during the biggest, um, you know, when there was the most people coming. um, So that was pretty cool. But yeah, so he was a baker by trade and he spent a few years in Philadelphia um, getting established. Um, He got married in 1889 and um, he was naturalized. Um, as a citizen and um, uh, he and his wife ended up having nine kids. Um, That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. Yes. And um, uh, typical for that time period though. Right. Right. And um, so if you're familiar with the Philadelphia area, Pennsylvania, Southeast Pennsylvania area, um, the Delaware river, separates New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And so mm-hmm. in when you're in Philadelphia, you know, like at that time, the Delaware River was a major, well, it still is a major, you know, for shipping major place. And so right. that's how um, people, one of the ways people still traveled is right. by river and stuff. And, um, but so anyway, a few miles um, west up the Delaware River, another town named Phoenixville 
and um, I guess he was looking for um, a place to buy, a house to buy that would house his family, and also that was a that he could have a bakery business. And I have right. a deed to the property that they bought. Oh wow! Hundred, yeah, it's really cool. Um, you have a treasure trove of stuff from this guy. I do, I do. It's it's actually pretty neat. But um, <clears throat> but the um, so the the deed shows that the house already was <clears throat> being used as a bakery. It already had it was um, a uh, a row home. But it was the the very first one built, so it had a nice big side yard and wow. uh, the barn and stuff, and uh, all the all the houses built from that down the hill are all small and just have a little bit of grass out back. And so this was a really nice one, but it had, you know, has it's like three stories high plus a basement, and in the middle wow. room was a big brick oven, a, a circle round brick oven and um because it says in the deed how there was you know the brick oven for the bakery business and the the barn and you know different stuff so it's pretty cool so they moved there and um had they had nine kids total so but like three or four of maybe four or five of them were born after they moved um, okay. So, but he had a successful bakery business there, and I, I can just imagine that uh, oven making it extremely hot in there in the summer, but really yeah, making the home imagine. toasty in the winter. Um, but it's neat. Luckily, they're not in the south where it's really hot well, in the summer anyway. Yeah. Well, I guess could you imagine? because it was in the north, they didn't have it outside, like an outdoor brick oven or separate from the house. Yeah. It was the heating and the business. And right. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting thing, but they would sell the baked goods out of the front room. Um, oh, that's amazing. Which, you know, became the living room when I was, you know, after that business wasn't there anymore. But, but yeah. And so, how long did the house stay in the family? Um, until we had to move my grandma out in about um, 86 or so, 1986. So close to 90 years. Holy cow. Yeah, I wanted to buy that so bad. You don't even know. I just, yeah, there's so many. Who knows? Maybe you can in the future or one of your kids. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, who knows? But it's so it's neat um that uh the one story that i really like that my my mom and my uncle have passed on is that when the circus would come to town where the house was is kind of toward the top of a a hill and just like okay like just like maybe like 200 yards or so more and you're you get to a main road that goes through the town so when the circus would come to town they would be maybe at the edge of town, but on that main road. And so the story is that when the circus was in town, that there would be a line in the morning up to Gottlieb's Bakery, you know, up the street and around the corner, people waiting for these delicious German baked goods, Um, which is a neat story. You know, I don't know what he made that was so good, but... uh, Probably a strudel, for sure. Right, right. (laughs) 
And um, he was saying, yeah, but it's strudel. You know, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that might be more Italian. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, but it's neat to think about that. And um, <clears throat> so uh, what's interesting is, so in uh, 1910, um, in March of that year, there was a really bad diphtheria outbreak that went through the town and they actually lost their four-year-old son and their six-year-old son in the same day wow oh in the same day day. within like three hours of each other because a a few years ago i went and i went to the town i was visiting my parents and went to the historical society um and looked up records and got back the funeral home records and yeah it says one was like 12 p.m and one is like 3 p.m yeah and I can't even imagine because and my my mom and my uncle actually never really knew exactly what happened I'm sure it was really hard for anybody to talk about they thought it was like they I think my my poppy who's Gottlieb's son would say like he died of the plague or something like it was it was like a plague it just took out yeah. kids and you know and um so but it was not i thought for years it was a spanish flu but it wasn't it was on the death certificate it's it's listed as as diphtheria but um okay and we don't have we don't know if they're they have injured i don't think they have individual graves um because they're i mean who can afford at a moment's notice to bury two children you know right so but yeah that was really a sad chapter for them right and um i think my poppy just talked about like and we never knew their names and i i i I, you know he would talk about johnny or something but i don't he was like um nine years old my poppy was like eight or nine years old when they died so he probably didn't understand either well you know he's old enough to to know and remember but yeah it'd be horribly traumatic to lose your two cute little brothers and and uh so do you know their names now yeah their names were john and albert oh yeah now you can give them their names back yeah you know it makes me cry i don't even i didn't even know them (laughs) i didn't know them how awful how awful yeah for the family to con I mean it's just huge trauma. And then yeah, um, be very much so. And then the other <clears throat> thing that happens, so then when I mean he had a, a good business from what I understand, mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and uh, you know, supported his family and everything. And then when World War One happened, <clears throat> at some point in that, um the his business just started to go down and people um didn't want to buy from a german um you know that it's a it's a real thing the prejudice and the um you know all those those feelings of oh you're german germans are bad you know and yeah. uh, i mean i understand their fear but i understand it just breaks my heart for him yeah yeah yep and it just that's just how it happened and um so he he couldn't stay in business any longer and um had to 
mm. and ended up having to close close the bakery then. And um, <clears throat> I mean, thankfully, he was not like just trying to start out. It had, you know, been in business yeah. for um, whatever, 15 years or so. Um, and uh, I think he was old enough that it was probably too much to start over, but his boys were old enough to work and help support them and stuff. But so what did he do after the bakery though? Did he go to work or did he, um, he might've had to, he might've had to. Um, so what did I say? He was born in 1860. Yeah. Um, so this was around 1914. So he's been in the country close to 40 years, you know, he was, he was pretty almost retirement age, you know, yeah. around 60 or so. So, yeah, but I think, I think that obviously that would have been really hard for him. And the story that's interesting is when they decided to close the business, they dismantled the brick oven instead of selling the house as it was for another bakery they kept the house and they dismantled the brick oven and they used all those bricks to build, I guess at that time would have been a carriage house, which ended up being a garage. Um, okay. But so the garage is still there and it's still used. And when I was little, I used to look at the bricks and be like, why are they white and, <laughs> you know, or crumbly or whatever. And well, it's because they were heated up to whatever temperature, how many times, and yeah. it's interesting that, um, but obviously they were really well made because, yeah. you know, I don't even know when the brick oven was originally built, but probably 1880. Well, yeah, because they bought it in the early right. 1900s, in 1900s, late 1800s. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and imagine how big it was though. Imagining how big this oven was to be able to build an entire garage. Yeah. I mean, maybe they didn't, maybe all of it wasn't, you know what I mean? They, they used yeah, those, yeah. and I'm sure they probably had to supplement. I had other supplies, gotcha. Yeah, but I'm sure the oven, I mean, they had quite to large. have, like, the <laughs> chimney may have gone into the other floors to keep it warm. Yeah. You know, I have, I have yeah. no idea. So, but, um, but yeah, but anyway, at least all the bricks were used, um, and they probably had to add, add other ones. But I just think it's neat that, um, mm -hmm. the, you know, they were used that way and that it's still there and it's still functioning what they, you know, intended it to be used for. Um, right. And uh, he was really <clears throat> very honest and caring man um, from what yeah. I know, from what I've been told. And when his, he had to have his business closed, he decided to burn all his records, like his financial records, um, because he didn't want any evidence that anybody owed him anything. Um, Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure an amazing man. in that time, you know, people would buy on credit and, you know, we'll pay yeah. next week or people paid in kind with eggs or, you know, whatever. Well, and it was also part of the depression era. So nobody had any money anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I just, it's interesting because I think, oh, it'd be so neat to have like ledgers from the business mm. or, I mean, even recipes. We don't even have like, his handwritten oh, no recipes kidding. or anything like that. Um, and so I think in a way, 
I will never know. Well, until I get to heaven, and I can ask him, like, what exactly did you burn? Like, you know, yeah. um, because um, I'm wondering if he just burned everything related to the business. Like this chapter of my life is done. And it's, yeah. he knew how to do closure and moving on. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> you know, like burn it, get rid of it. That that section is done. I'm moving on. And also yeah. um, kind of proving his allegiance to the United States. You know, yeah. he was a naturalized citizen, but there was so much doubt and so much suspicion about German people and especially having a heavy accent and and everything I, i'm sure he i feel like he did everything he could to show people i am american i am having nothing to do with my former you know life and you know who i really am yeah <laughs> um but yeah i think it's a neat interesting story now, did you know if he had any siblings or anything like that? Yeah. Did they stay in Germany? Um, yeah, there were several siblings that stayed in Germany. And one sibling did also come to the United States. And I'm not sure if he came on the same ship um, or a different one. But I think it was at a different time. But his, his okay. brother, Friedrich, um, also moved to the same area. And he was a butcher, and I always oh. think, oh, it's funny. It would be so weird if they had a brother that was a candlestick maker because yeah. <laughs> that would just blow my mind. But the butcher and the baker moved to the Philadelphia area. And okay. Frederick, Friedrich and his wife um, lived um, near Phoenixville. I think they had a farm out in Black Rock and they raised beef, you know, and right, yeah. did butchering and all that. And, wonder how his business fared through the you know world. i don't know that's an interesting yeah that'll be next uh topic for you to search oh boy <laughs> yeah i know and then you add like my husband's side of the family and all that interesting yeah. stuff and yeah i know it's, yeah. it never ends right it never ends it's a forever project for everybody i think yeah um, it's fun. i've been working on the same line for quite some time and i need to move to a different one because i'm going to run out of time <laughs> yeah right right yeah and you have so, to live a life so there's something worth writing about for other people to discover about you someday yeah yeah true yeah. um i'll do my i did my story for this too so or one of but yeah this is a really fascinating story i think he's a, a really just a genuine man and i find it fascinating my um great-grandfather as well came over from germany I'm trying to remember the year i want to say it was 1914 mm. his mother came in 1900 mm. so it's she he stayed in yeah she came in 1900 so maybe he came in 1904 i know he stayed um several years after she came over and i don't know what the story is as to why um but he was a illegitimate child <laughs> um to the man she came to the states for oh wow so yeah it was that's a whole interesting story too which i had to learn from my cousin so he has a different last name than his father yeah so yeah yeah it's it interesting it is it is very interesting the things you uncover and you're like mm -hmm. huh does that mean that oh, i guess it does huh 
Yeah. Now, what about his children? Did, what did they end up doing? Do you know what their um, trades were? <clears throat> well, so your poppy would have been one of them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they are this. So they had nine kids, and two of them passed away, and then, <clears throat> um, that there were then five boys and two two girls. And oh, wow. so the sons, um, well, my poppy was, um, he worked in like a meat factory or I, I don't even know. Um, he was, you know, a type of labor kind of a, that town was, uh, you know, being on the, <clears throat> the Schuylkill River. So the Schuyl I was mistaken earlier when I said the Delaware River goes up there. The Schuylkill River branches off. The Schuylkill River is what goes over to Phoenixville. Um, okay. But the river, um, you know, provided a lot of the, the water power for stuff. And so Phoenixville is known in their iron industry. Uh, mm, okay. so <clears throat> my poppy, that's right. He worked at the steelworks, at the, at the ironworks, and uh, helped okay, make that makes parts sense. for... Um, big bridges and stuff. Um, and uh, the other brother, I think one was an electrician, one was a fireman. I'm not oh, wow. exactly so great, sure. great trades. Yeah, yeah, just kind of different things. They were all pretty, you know, pretty quiet and reserved kind of people. Um, yeah, so um, I didn't know them real well. I'm the youngest in my family. And, um, so they were a lot older, you know, when I, right. by the time I came around. Um, so anyway, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting heritage to, uh, very much, very yeah. much. I mean, he's a, he sounds like a pretty wonderful guy. He would have been somebody fun to meet and know. Yeah. He sounds like he would be a lot of fun. I think he, I think he was, you know, kind of quiet and reserved. Um, but I think he was just a real, uh, you know, I think if you were his friend, you were a, a real friend. You know what I mean? He was a real right. friend mm -hmm. to you, um, trustworthy and and honest and, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> here's a teaser. If and when you ever want. An interesting interview again. Okay. Tell you about uh, my dad's side of the family. This is my mom's grandpa. Okay. The other side of the family is is quite interesting too. We've got um, okay. Birds back to the 1620s or so. Oh wow. Of, of uh, Mennonite bishops just hiding in the hay to escape being from the hunters keep trying to get them what? yeah yeah and pull them out and yeah in out in switzerland so yeah it's oh cool. in switzerland okay yeah so they were mennonites in switzerland right and okay they didn't want their children baptized into the swiss church and okay so they were not obeying the law because it was the swiss okay. state church was was it yeah and uh if you were disobeying the law by not having your children baptized uh that was not good and uh wow. because the mennonites reading 
the scriptures and learning that uh, the Bible teaches the baptism is for after you believe in right. Christ. And so they're like, no, we're not going to have our babies baptized. We're going to wait till they make a decision and have believers baptism. And so that's okay. like, it's like re-baptizers or whatever. Right. And uh, it was just not okay with the Swiss, you know, government. And uh, right. so they were, you know, <clears throat> forcing them to leave because they're like, if you're not going to obey our laws, you can't you can't stay here and so that's part of the reason there were so many um you know mennonites and amish that were forced to settle so many other areas because they they couldn't live peacefully there anymore interesting yeah i don't think i've ever thought about where or yeah yeah well and they also didn't want their sons to participate in the one year of required uh, military service. They oh um, okay um, believe that um, you know similar to um, the Quakers of being um, you know not wanting to to be to fight um, right. be soldiers and so <clears throat> yeah that's, that's why and now all those stories are super cool okay that'll be a lot of fun too yeah. so did your father's family immigrate from switzerland yeah yeah okay yeah okay well that'll be fun you'll have to put that together for me then oh sure yeah i okay. love i love talking about this stuff oh yeah me too it's, <laughs> it's my well i won't say it on here i'll tell you after we hang up on the, okay. on this, the what i call it it's funny my friends giggle and laugh at me and tease me for it because it's what I do all the time and that's why these podcasts became to be what they are right um yeah get all these fun interesting stories out there and that's the goal yeah so and people who enjoy it and who appreciate it can find it and enjoy other people's stories we know when we're at a family gathering or something and you oh well you know this 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 most people are like yeah whatever but yeah, <laughs> people who are into it appreciate it. So it's all good. Absolutely. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and end this one here. Um, and we'll uh, find out another story from you in the near future. And thank you so much yeah, for joining you. me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Lots of fun. I know. I agree. All right. Thanks.